0: Hello, my loves. Merry Christmas. Welcome back to the Grace Fields Wife podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas. I'm so excited. We are less than a week away from Christmas, winding up the new year. I just really love this time of the year. And what better way to wrap up our new year than by learning some rules for fair fighting. Now, I gave you five rules for fair fighting last week. But if you listen to that episode, you know that I have a lot of rules for fair fighting. So I needed to break this up into smaller chunks for you. So this is part two of that series, five rules for fair fighting. You're going to want to grab a notebook and pen for this and let's jump right in. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the Gracefield wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the Gracefield wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. All right. So, for any of you, I just want to start off with this who are wondering. Why do we need rules for fair fighting? Well, I talk to a lot of women, and when we talk, they describe to me some of the arguments that they have. And let me tell you, some of the arguments are hurtful and uh, really not done in the best manner of communication, hence why we're on coaching calls together. And what I, my goal here is for you ladies, is to teach you these are some ways that we can fight there. No marriage is perfect. No marriage will be without disagreement. But, and this is going to be my main theme throughout this entire episode, marriage should be a safe place. Marriage is a place to feel safe, not just for you, but your husband. If you can't feel safe in your marriage, the intimacy is just ripped apart, completely broken. What are you going to do if you feel like you're always fighting, if you feel like you're always on the defensive, if you feel like he's always out to get you or you're not on the same team and vice versa? So the reason why I'm doing this series even is when we understand that there are rules for, and I'm just air quotes here, fair fighting, but when there's rules of engagement for how we communicate, then we understand that marriage really can be a safe place. So every single thing I talk about today will go back to this one main theme of marriage needing to be a safe place. So let's jump right in. Number one, that is our fight talk. So when we say things like, you are this, you are that, that is fight talk. Instead of using fight talk, talk about your feelings and how you feel. I feel this instead of you are that. It's a very simple change of words, but what it does is you're not attacking when you say I feel. When you say you are, you're attacking your spouse or he is attacking you. And it's okay to correct him if he says you are this. Some things we might hear, you are lazy. You are an overspender. You are, I don't know. I'm just trying to, come up with a couple of things, but things that you might hear either from him or maybe things that you might say to him. So instead of saying you are, it's better to say, I feel this when you do this action, because you're no longer attacking him. You're just stating how that action makes you feel. He can't argue with you for the way that makes you feel, right? Well, you shouldn't feel that way. Okay. I mean, I know he could say that. But he can't disregard your feelings. And it's fair to say, that is the way I feel. And that opens up the lines to communication on a different level. If you start to talk about, you know, I feel this way, even for yourself, if you start to think about really, what is it instead of calling him something, calling him a name? What is it that that action makes you feel? Does it make you feel unloved, unappreciated? Does it make you feel unsafe in any sort of way? By communicating that, you are not attacking him, but you're helping him to understand. It's, it's not a personal attack. That's why we call that fight talk. So remember, we're going to use I feel versus you are. Number two, we're going to respond instead of react. I'm going to say that again. We're going to respond instead of react. Now, this one might be a little tricky. What do you mean a response versus a reaction? So I'm going to give you a little example. Uh, Somebody tells you, you did a really bad job on that. And you said, I didn't. You did just as bad a job as me. I don't care what you think. You understand how that's a reaction versus a response? The I didn't, that's a defending, like you immediately went into defense mode, right? I don't blame you. I would probably do the same thing or you did just as bad a a job as me. That's counterattacking or the, I don't care what you think is ignoring, but none of those three things, not the defense, the counterattack or the ignoring, none of them is a proper response. So what that means is your emotion, you're allowing your emotion to respond to the thing that you were offended by, you did a bad job. Now, a response would be, oh, really? What, what was so bad about it? What do you mean by that? You see how the difference is inviting conversation, inviting some further explanation of the answer, because it's very possible that the person who said to you, oh, you did a bad job on this, that person might just be angry at something else. And then when they're forced to think about it, it's why, you know, what was bad about it, they might not even be able to give you an answer. The second thing is that by asking those sorts of questions, we're able to grow as people. Because if we say, oh, really, you think so? What was bad about it? It shows that we're open and humble enough to accept some sort of correction or criticism. And it diffuses the fight. So you see how defending the reaction can lead to a fight? No, I didn't. You did too. Right. That can lead to a fight because that that defense or that counterattack that can lead to another attack. But by just responding and asking questions and being more inquisitive about what it is that the other person is saying, this can now really lead to real conversations. Another one might be like, oh, I don't like you. And so, how, and a reaction might be, well, ask me if I care. I don't like you either. Or how can you say that after everything I've done for you? Again, you see how this is ignoring a counterattack or a defensive reaction. So, those are the things that we're going to avoid. A better thing to say would be, oh, what don't you like? What do you mean? And again, inviting a further dialogue and I know this is really hard, ladies. I know it's really hard because we feel offended and when we feel offended, our gut reaction is to defend ourselves. But remembering that marriage is a place to feel safe, when we in are in a place that we can feel safe, we don't need to be constantly defending ourselves. And this is really, really hard. Even if you're in a healthy marriage, it's really hard for people, especially who maybe had some unhealthy upbringings because you might be used to constantly defending yourself your entire life with people that should have made you feel safe. You might have felt like you had to defend yourself around your parents or your brothers and your sisters or your cousins or your aunties. And we're supposed to feel safe in those places, but when we come From places of dysfunction or brokenness, as we all do because we live in a fallen and broken world, we grow up feeling the need to constantly defend ourselves. And then the thing it does is it perpetuates that cycle when our children see us doing it because then we model those behaviors for our children. So being able to respond versus react is going to be a really, really, really important skill for you. Number three, we're going to avoid generalizations. We're not going to use the words always and never. If you ever find yourself using the words always and never, I want you to stop yourself right there. You could say usually, you could say often, but don't say always and never because they're not true. He doesn't always do this thing and he doesn't never do the other thing because what happens when you say that is he will immediately turn around in defense. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? I don't always forget to put the toilet seat down. I don't never remember to get you something on your birthday. Remember that one time five years ago that I did? Like, that's what that's going to cause. And it's just going to cause further argument because you're going to say, oh, my God, five years. OK, great. So you did it once five years ago. Right. Can you you see where I'm going with this? I'm saying it because these are arguments that I have heard from other people heard in my own life. I mean, I know I've been there. I've been there. So we're just going to avoid the generalization at all. Don't say always, don't say never, and you'll be fine. Number four, we're going to avoid name-calling or derogatory statements. And why are we going to do this? Because marriage is a place to feel safe. So this is outside of, you know, it's one thing if you guys joke around with each other, you know, maybe... You tease each other a little bit or you're a little bit sarcastic. I personally hate that because I grew up in a home of teasing. I had brothers and they teased me relentlessly. But my husband, teases teases a lot. <laughs> so we've had to balance me understanding like, all right, he's teasing, he's joking. Uh, versus he's actually calling me a name. And I think for us, the, the easy thing is that he would never call me a rude name. He would never say anything like that to me. So for the most part, I know that he's teasing. Sometimes it hurts my feelings. And I'll say, hey, that like hurt me when you said that. And he'll apologize right away. But in order for me to feel safe enough to turn around and say, hey, that hurt me when you said that, is that we generally don't call each other names or say anything really rude to each other because it's not helpful. I mean, we're not in the schoolyard. We're not looking to hurt each other with our words. That old saying, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That's BS, people. Words hurt and words can hurt a lot. So if we have a general rule to not call each other names or say, you know, really derogatory of rude things to each other, then we know that we can feel safer in marriage. And again, the goal of these five points is to feel Safe in our marriages because that safety in the marriage is really what brings intimacy. And I'm not, again, not just talking about physical intimacy, but emotional intimacy because intimacy can't thrive without vulnerability. And vulnerability is opening ourselves up to be hurt. But in order to be truly vulnerable, like we want to feel safe, we're not going to go out there and be vulnerable in front of a crowd of strangers because we don't feel safe in front of a crowd of strangers but that intimacy that is built in marriage that is the place where we can feel the most vulnerable that is the place where you know you show this person your nakedness you are completely or should be able to be completely vulnerable in your marriage and unless you're able to do that there is some form of deep disconnect and these steps are part of the ways that we're going to try to heal that number Five, I've talked about many times, and this should almost be a given, but, you know, here we are. We're going to end with it. And that is physical violence is never allowed. Point blank. Punto. Like, that's it. There's no excuses. No, but I was really upset. I just, you know, smacked him. Like, uh, no, it's not allowed. It's never allowed. There's never a reason for it. If you saw your kids and you saw one kid smack another, you'd be really upset. You'd be like, well, what the heck is going on here? We guys, you know, we don't fight. We didn't teach you to fight. Physical violence is never allowed. And this has to be a sacred rule, a sacred rule. Why? Going back to all the places that we said, marriage is a place to feel safe. And unless you can feel safe, then your intimacy is going to be in the toilet, my friends, in the toilet. I hope these five rules for fair fighting were helpful for you. Let me know how they worked. Let me know if you've tried anything. Let me know if you're struggling with, it, with any of these because they are pretty general topics. I mean, we all do them from time to time. But if we keep these in mind, then we will be able to have more productive discussions going forward. I love you guys and until next week.